It's episode six of Flutter Twattle. I've decided now. I've just I've just gone into it. It's called Twattle. Twattle. It's not called Twattle. Okay. It's called Twattle. Uh, yeah. No, nobody's nobody's told us on the internet what how our podcast name is pronounced. So I'm just I've just made a decision. I'm exercising my responsibilities as as um, as a host of this podcast, and I've made a decision about how the name is pronounced. I'm glad someone finally has. Yeah. It's what uh, what did I decide? Twattle. Twattle, twattle. <laughs> twattle, yes. Okay, good. Uh, yes. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome. Uh, Tom is joining us from the probably the most beautiful podcast studio in the known universe. Tell us about where you are, Tom. Um, I am alfresco twattling. Um, <laughs> words that I feel... Sometimes you just feel very safe that no human has said words in that order before. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm I am slightly in the middle of nowhere. I am um I am by the sea. I'm by the Baltic Sea, um a bit east of uh, Finland just having a, a night at um so so this is a really common thing in Finland. It sounds it, it it sounds really posh, but like my partner has a summer cottage, which is a really common thing for families to have and like for it to be like a family thing and kind of have fairly simple like log cabins in in the forest and like Finland is very sparsely populated so there's loads of land here mm. um so um yeah she's got this uh this cottage here and we're just spending a night here um and her dad lives uh, uh next door as well in a house um and it's it's lovely very and good. and her dad has a quad bike Ooh, have you been on it or are you yes you, you have and you, and you didn't die it's terrifying but yes <laughs> i have ridden it around so yeah i can imagine yeah, I, don't know if awesome. you've, I, I don't know if you've ever been um go-karting yes um, i have yes how how similar is it to to go-karting oh not at all no no, no this thing's like a tank <laughs> like, like, you know, go, go karts, you can like, you know, you can, it's not, they're not quite Mario Kart, are they? But you can kind mm. of like slide them around a tiny bit, or at least the ones I, I was on, like, you know, you can, you can kind of go around corners quite tightly. Yeah. This thing has got, I mean, like, it, it takes most of Finland as a turning circle. Like, so yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's meant for going on like farm tracks and things, but it's a lot of fun. Very good. Yeah. I, I went karting recently and, uh. Yeah, it's they their top speed is like forty miles an hour. These, these particular carts that I was using, but because you're so low to the yeah, ground, yeah. it's just like so unbelievably intense, and it's very shaky, and um, your arms really hurt because there's no like power steering. Your arms are directly manipulating the wheels, effectively. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, flutter. Yes. Um, I, I I don't know about you. If I, I don't know whether you've been following. Um, the 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 twitterness uh around flutter over the last few days um a, a couple of people seem to be kicking off now about a few flutter things i don't know if you've spotted mm. you've spotted this have you do you know what i'm talking luke? about yeah. there's one from <laughs> luke our friend I mean, luke i mean isn't isn't it couldn't we just have a regular feature of what is luke kicking off about yeah frankly? like <laughs> And it's it's funny because like, you know, pe- people people often kick off about things, you know, and 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 I, I get this all the time in my in my second life as a as a trustee of a charity where like people always kick off about things, and it's just like 
they just don't have all the information or they're totally unreasonable or they you know there's stuff they haven't taken into account blah blah, blah. there's all there's always like something that mm. they haven't taken into account but when luke kicks off about things it's like very hard to argue with him <laughs> because because a lot of the time he makes very very good and, and salient points um and and at the very least they help move the conversation forward yes um so the the thing that i've been interested in there's a couple of things he's been talking about um but he he's been kicking off about um the the material library um in flutter mm-hmm. yes. over the last few days uh the the point being that um while it's technically structured as a separate package and and is in theory non compulsory um the fact that it's kind of included by default in every flutter app that anyone's ever made mm-hmm. uh means that it's 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 basically become the default uh or maybe even only ui component library that's used by flutter developers and uh it's it's focused on so heavily by the flutter team itself that they've kind of i i don't know maybe they have just started to assume that everyone is just going to use material um and that and that people aren't going to bother using you know maybe rolling their own ui component framework um because like that then and the example that luke's been using in his videos and stuff is the is the text field component like the text field component has lots of very important features to do with accessibility and like mm-hmm. the error, error message stuff and it's 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 a useful component um but there is also like it's built on top of a component called editable text um which doesn't have any accessibility features and is missing quite a few things which means that it's harder to use but actually if it was easier to use and had more features it would actually probably be the better thing for most people to use mm-hmm. yeah um which and and like i i am i am absolutely on the the team of like i've always just used material because you know it has all the stuff um often the designs that i get from my design team can be uh crowbarred into the material library mm, um yes. because it's fairly flexible but then there's always like one thing where it's like um the the and, it, and of, often it's actually to do with text fields as it happens it's like oh there's the, the error message text or something like i can't make it so that it it doesn't move all the components below it down when the error text message appears or something like it, that that space is not reserved even when there's no error message text. Um, and like little things that are just insurmountable problems. And it's like, I'm not going to roll my own text field component based on editable text just to solve that problem. But it's, it's an, it's an annoyance. What, what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think it's very easy to kind of uh, very much put Flutter and Material together, despite the fact mm. that there is Cupertino. Um, which and... which I've never, ever used, by the way, the Cupertino library. Yeah, I don't think... No, I have. We've we've used the switches in a in an app, so... Um, like, oh, like, yeah. like the, the dot adaptive constructor for the switches, or have you just used the Cupertino switches? I think we just used the Cupertino ones on... Mm. On all platforms, I mean, you know, they they look quite similar. Yeah, I know, and I know. Android users are going to thank you for that. 
So I I'm, know. I'm, I'm, I'm iOS and everything all the way now, but um, I was an mm. Android user before, and um, I absolutely hated it when I when I saw iOS components yeah. on on Android apps. It was terrible. I I I know I know. Um, <laughs> but 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 then yeah, but but then. Can't you argue the other way around that the iOS users, when they have a, a completely material app, that feels weird? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and and we kind of end up. I feel like most Flutter apps imp- uh, kind of end up using Material, but then to implement implement a completely custom design, effectively, which yeah. is a little bit of a weird world. And I can completely see where Luke is coming from in terms of going, hey, if we're going to do custom UI, if we're going to do all this custom stuff, why are we bothering with this kind of layer of material? Um, Is that just getting in the way? Um, And although it gives you, like, out of the box, it gives you text fields with error messages and and placeholder text and things. Snack bars and dialogues and things. Yeah. And I, I, sorry, snack, snack bar. It's just a funny name. It's a strange like, name. It's a strange never, name. Never it's a funny that. name. No, no. Um, I think it was because it was it, it was introduced as an alternative to a toast because a toast looks different but performs largely the same uh, job. So it had to be differentiated from a toast. So it's a so it had to, so a smaller toast is a snack. Sure. Is there is there really not going to be like a crumpet or something or a muffin? <laughs> a crumpet. <laughs> for for our <laughs> listeners who are not uh, from the United Kingdom, <laughs> a, a crumpet is an excellent. Uh, would you call it toast adjacent breakfast item? I oh breakfast! I wouldn't have it for breakfast. What do you think it's a breakfast thing? No, they were yeah. like, I mean, like growing up for me. They were like a a, a kind of Sunday evening like treat. What? No, no. it's, an, it's a toast alternative. For- I I I mean I can I I would say they're toast related maybe like cousins at most but like <laughs> not not like a direct swap. Oh dear. Okay, this but, is no longer a podcast about flutter. This is a podcast about breakfast food. I did we I, talk about was, breakfast food last time? Probably, probably <laughs> every time to be frank. And I was delighted. I found a cafe in Helsinki that did crumpets because you can't get them here, and I was mm. absolutely delighted. Um, anyway. Um, Back to snack bars, uh, material. Yes, um, and yeah. So, I mean, I guess the question is, what is missing from Flutter? Because, like, okay, let's say you don't want to use a material button. Well, is it really that hard to make your own completely custom button using kind of the the built-in gesture detector or whatever widgets that you need? Um, Probably what not. is what is I mean, okay, maybe a button is a way to simple example and like we need to look at like text fields and things. Um but I don't know. Oh, I was about to say something very philosophical. Like, what is material anyway? Mm. Well, I think that's kind of it because um you know, the I, I think bef- certainly pre-material three, uh it was kind of used as it was it was a bit more generic but i think it's it, material has become more opinionated over time and actually i think that is a good thing for mm. material because you know it is it is a design system 
um it's it's not it's not just a, 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 a it's it was never intended to be a generic set of components it was intended mm-hmm. to be an opinionated design system that um you know I, I i guess a bit like you know bootstrap on the web i suppose um you know if if you've if you've implemented a lot of bootstrap apps you can usually spot a bootstrap app when you see one right and you can usually spot a material app when you see one even I if it's, impl- I haven't implemented a bootstrap app, so I can't spot them. Yeah. But I think I, I think I know what they look like. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it, it is it is intended to be a an opinionated UI framework design mm. framework thing. But but the problem with it is is that Flutter developers adopted it as and and started using it as if it was just a, a generic kind of component library. Um. And yeah, that meant that the Flutter team had to, I guess, react to that and and make the material library more extensible and generic, while still also having to support the opinionated features of the Material Three design system. So I can kind of see why it's turned into a little bit of a mess. Like material theming in Flutter is like one of the most confusing and hard things that I do. Um, in I, I just I just find. Yes the th- the theme system so unbelievably confusing i never know like i, I can't I, I still four years into making flutter apps i can't look at a material widget and understand what what text theme are you using to render that line of text there because i haven't told i haven't given you a text theme you've just chosen one from somewhere and i i can never figure out which one it is um and i find that very hard it, it, for me, it is the area of Flutter with the worst mm. usability, um, and the fact that it has evolved and changed, and uh, you find example code which then has properties that don't exist anymore. Um, I find it hard to know how it could be better, and I think it's a very difficult API to design. But it makes me feel like I've only ever like I've only just started using Flutter. Every yeah, time I try and like, so do, a, do a custom, yeah, yes, yeah, it does. It makes me feel stupid. absolutely. And that, and there are there are very few parts of Flutter that make me feel stupid. Very, very few. Um, but the 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 theming system is one of them. And I think I've previously said that um, certainly I, I on projects I've worked on, we've kind of just ended up stopping using the Flutter theming system. Um, in that we have ended up sort of building a, a layer between, uh, so so um, we have particularly what, what project I think we've talked about it before, like the the, the Burger King app project, which then um, also has another uh, food and events um, app, and they have the same code base, uh, but have several different themes mm-hmm. between them, and um, they. Um, have kind of a very a custom theme class where we can set the brand colors and then there's other uh, uh, we can then get those colors from um a, a custom completely custom theme um class without going to material and that has just been such a time saver and it's so much simpler because we understand what's going mm. on um and it's our language it's our design language yeah it's made me it's made me think um, about um yeah. so so obviously the web has a very very good uh, system for styling components, and it's called a cascading style sheet or CSS. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that—that that is a. I mean, people complain about writing CSS. It's not like the most intuitive thing to write, 
mostly because of the syntax maybe i don't know um but conceptually it's very simple like you can um you can style components based on what kind of thing they are you can style things based on if you've given them a class um and and you can combine those things together so if it's got these two classes then do it like this but if it's only got one of them then do it like this and it's that's why it's called cascading and and it it strikes me that there's no reason why that wouldn't also work in a in a flutter app other than the fact that the material library wouldn't support it and you would have to build you'd have to start from scratch completely on your component library in order to support a, mm. a, a, a style sheet driven styling system but i think it could be quite good like you can you can imagine having a having a a, a library of widgets and every single widget takes a class property an optional class property uh, or even a, or even a, a list of classes and it kind of the, the the theming system does what does what css does to html and figures out what that thing should look like based on it, the type of the widget and the classes that it's been given yeah i i barely do any web stuff or css stuff anymore um like occasionally do little tiny bits of it but i and, and css is you know a really big beast these days mm-hmm. and, and really confusing and i don't know half of it but i i still find it easier to use than, than flutter um <laughs> yeah theming. it's just much um, more explicit i think like you uh, yeah. can and, and and you know t- tools like the um like the the inspector in browsers like help with this so you can mm. like click on a click on a, a thing on your web page and, t- and it tells you exactly what style properties it's it's taking and where it's getting those styles from so you can kind of debug it a bit more easily using those tools but it just it's much more explicit you can you can figure out much more easily oh okay this thing is getting it looks like this because it's deriving its style from this class and this component type and and it's just it's it does seem much more explicit where i think the material library kind of um abstracts away from its own theming system a bit too frequently so it's like oh you well, you've got a list mm. tile well obviously that means that you want to use title medium for the first line and body medium for the second and third lines uh, and, uh, the, the font the fonts the the, the, the <laughs> i mean i <laughs> i remember i I remember the first time I tried to figure out how to just change the body text, like the step, the default body text, and or, or, or like I don't know. And I found, you know, you, and, and it just uses one of the random headline sub head body to, you know, club things, and it's just like how how was what <laughs> what? It's like. It's like throw a six to start of like trying to find the the right kind of property that that ends up with that text, and it. it I, I'm sure it makes sense to someone somewhere because it's all opinionated, yeah. right? That they're like that that text that looks like that. Yeah. Is why would you ever name, want to change the text I, size of this of this text style? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But every it, time you do, it's like it's theme just... dot of context dot text theme dot title medium dot copy with font size 12 and it's like why can't i just put font size 12 mm. <laughs> why, why do i need yeah. to write all of that code just to change the font size for this one thing um yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I think i think that 
area of Flutter really does does need a bit of work. And and like you know, I've I've had this idea for the for the style sheet style thing. I I don't think I don't think that's the fix for the material library necessarily. But but I I I think that um. I th- I think that the material library needs to get less generic and more opinionated, and hopefully that will encourage more people to roll their own component libraries that fit their needs better. It, is that actually the problem with material that it's trying? It, it's trying to be kind of two mm. different things. It's trying to be an opinionated library, but then it's also trying to let you do yep. kind of anything. And then that ends up really confusing. So if it, it it has a massive, it has a massive API surface with all these different properties, but then uh, they're kind of semi-opinionated. So you kind of then need a dictionary to work out what yeah. is what. That kind of feels to me like a bit maybe. Yeah, issue. I, feel, I, I think that is yeah. exactly the problem. Like, I, and and it's kind of like I say, it's it, it, I can I can exactly see how we've arrived at this point um, because. Mm. Flutter developers just defaulted to using the material library because it was it was there it was just included and it's you know it's all in the documentation and like all of the examples used it so it just got adopted by everyone and 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 was being used as a generic component library so you can absolutely see the the kind of um market need for it to get more generic but also it still had to be material yeah. um so yeah, I, it, it just I, yeah. I think I think that um, m- lots of the functionality and material needs to be um, extracted into the Flutter framework itself, like the, the stuff that isn't specific to material. Um, you know, everyone's going to need some kind of editable text field with accessibility features and, and all the rest of it um, that you can build your own components around. Um, those sorts of things. And then I think material, first of all, first of all, don't include material by default um, in Flutter. If you want material, make it so that you have to, de- you explicitly depend on it in your pub spec. I I agree. I think it would be very difficult to extract it at this point from Flutter. Mm. But I think, for example, Material 3 should have been a new yes. package rather than this like use Material 3 property and this weird slow evolution. Just make it a separate yeah. package, yeah, right? I think so. And and then you could transition to that. Maybe it would even take a couple of years and you could remove the original Material components from Flutter. But like, yeah, I yeah. completely agree. And it's it's kind of... It, it points to to a larger trend in in Flutter and Dart. Like as as things change, obviously there are unavoidable breaking changes, right? So so when null safety was introduced, that was a pretty big breaking change. There was mm-hmm. lots and lots of documentation required about how to migrate to null safety, and it took a couple of years. And it was it was actually very very well done. Um, and I you know yeah. Oh, exceptionally the, well done. The and tooling, the tooling is, is excellent. Yeah. And, and actually, just, just yeah, the, amazing. The tooling that was created around the null safety migration has actually evolved now to, to um, make transitioning through other breaking changes easier. So, like, you know, when a new Flutter version comes out, there's always like, oh, just run Dart fix, and like most of these things will work for mm-hmm. you. That, that's fantastic. Um, it, it, 
I think yeah. that the Flutter team yeah. and the Dart team should be more confident about making more breaking changes that remove old things that we don't want people to use anymore, like um, Material 2. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's in the plan. Maybe at some point it's just going to be all Material Three, and if you want to keep Material Two, then it's it's its own dependency or something. But but I think what what I've seen from, uh, for example, lots of JavaScript frameworks is when they do a major version bump, like it's a serious major version bump. Features get removed, stuff gets changed, and and like. It, it's it's a big process to update your app if if you even bother doing it at all mm. um mm-hmm. yeah and and i think uh it, it it would kind of benefit flutter and dart a bit more if if they had a bit more of a uh a, a, a level of confidence in we're going to introduce this breaking change because it's the right thing for the framework and the language um sorry some of your old apps might not be able to upgrade to it or it might be really hard but this is this is the best thing for the community overall um, yeah it's an interesting one because I, me coming from previously using microsoft technologies where they never remove yeah. anything ever <laughs> i feel that the flutter that flutter is quite good at doing that uh, uh, kind of being a bit bold and going no that thing needs removing and we're and, and providing amazing tooling to do it, which i think is exactly yeah. the right call it just is the it's the best trade-off of hey yeah we're going to evolve this but we're going to let you type two words and sit back with a coffee and go bing um it, it's it so great. so good yeah yeah I, and it, it's kind of it, it sucks if you're one of the developers who gets left behind on an old version but like i think i think flutter is is good because it is not um as far as i understand it it's not tied as closely to like os versions so like the 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 android Mm -hmm. sdk for example obviously has to change whatever the android os changes um and you know the Android operating system itself deprecates APIs and features and introduces breaking changes and, and all that sort of stuff, which the SDK has to keep up with. That's less of a problem in Flutter to a certain extent because a lot of the stuff that that communicates with the operating system is is packaged separately anyway. So those yes. features can be evolved as part of the packages. The old versions of the packages will still work and it's i i just i just think the infrastructure of flutter and the structure of flutter and the way that it interacts with the operating system is more is more conducive to us being able to be like okay this is flutter 4 and like it's a big it's a big set of changes don't worry if you can't use it because you'll still be able to use flutter 3 um so yes yeah, and and I say this from a position of I I am not having to do any of this work, and it's very easy for me to sit here and say, <laughs> oh, I think they, I think they should do this because I think it would be better. Um, but I know that the the Flutter team is generally extremely good at taking feedback from the community, and um, very much and so. That, yeah. And that's why yeah. you know that, that's why I feel like I can I can say these kinds of things on our startlingly popular podcast. Um, <laughs> because yes. because I know that it's going to be hopefully taken in the spirit that it's given, which is like I love I love Flutter Absolutely. and I want it to be the best thing for its developers and there's opportunities. 
um, particularly with all the new yes. stuff coming coming with Dart three, like meta programming and, and all the new the new class mm-hmm. modifier things that are coming out, which I guess we could get into. But um, yeah, I, I think I think there's loads of opportunities to make Flutter super super nice. Learning from other frameworks, learning from how things like SwiftUI is, is doing things, um, which you know it is obviously different to Flutter, and and some things may not be preferable to some people, but there's there's cool stuff in Swift UI like like extension based modifiers for, for properties. Uh so you can just like have mm-hmm. a widget and then just do dot padding just to, rather than wrapping it in a padding widget. I quite like that. Um and you know, learning from non-mobile frameworks. Like I, I, I am very interested in this idea of style sheet based theming. And I might even try and implement something because I think it could be I think it could be nice. Um but Yes. Do, do you want a, a fun CSS Flutter Always. anecdote? I don't know if this is going to be fun for anyone other <laughs> than me. Um, so, and it's also going to make me sound incredibly old. Uh, so, I, you obviously know who Ian Hickson mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah. Hicksy? Missed kind of. I don't want to call him Mr. Flutter, but you know he's he is uh, very very central in in uh, in in kind of defi- ha- having defined Flutter and and, and running the, the project. Um, he used to uh, work on the CSS specifications um, and be very central in that. And uh, I um, a long long time ago um, sent a few messages with questions about CSS to like the. Uh, the, the 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 mailing list, like email email mailing list for W three C, and so there are there are messages between me and Ian Hickson about CSS from two thousand and two. What? <laughs> yes, that is wild. I know, I know, and 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 yeah, um, and 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 um, uh, uh, like uh, I think it was two years ago uh, the kind of the virtual covid um google io like i i found him in like a chat room and like chatted to him a little bit about this it was it was it was Excellent. fun yeah 2002 um, I, I was seven years old 2002 i i mean i was 17 which shows you how much fun yeah. i was having as a teenager what a, what a great what a great how... 17 year old thing to do <laughs> I mean, right? I was not that so I was cool. doing anything more interesting at the age of seventeen. Uh, I was, I, I, I hadn't. Uh, to be fair, I was probably doing less interesting things because I hadn't started programming yet. I didn't actually learn. Well, I kind of. So, pe- people always laugh when I say this. I, I did a computer science degree, um, but uh, and we did a bit of coding, bit of programming. We learned Python a little bit in first year and Java as well a little bit. And then we had a software engineering project in second year, which was like a group project. That that was the the extent of my programming experience, really, at uni. Um, hang on, so hang on. Despite the fact you did a computer science degree, yeah, you didn't we, really do we any kind programming. Of dabbled in lots of things in small doses like i did a little bit of r for statistical programming we played with mm-hmm. matlab a little bit um when we were talking about like vision and graphics and stuff but but a lot of it was the science side of, of the computer science and not so much the pro- mm. you know, it wasn't a software engineering degree it was a computer science degree um yes so i i left uni thinking i i never want to write code again 
this sucks and I can't do it. It's not for me. Um, but what brought me back to it was I <laughs> so paid twenty seven thousand pounds for that course, that 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 three year oh. university course. Um, Ouch! And when I finished my degree, I was like, I'm going to give programming one more chance. So I bought for ten pounds a Udemy course about how to build Android apps using Java. <laughs> Yeah. And I started doing this thing because I had an I, I kind of had an idea for an app that I wanted to build, right? And I was like, I'm going to learn to I'm going to learn to make an app. I'm going to make the app, and maybe maybe it'll be okay. I was quite skeptical, but as it turns out, I could I I could do it. I was a fairly good programmer. Um, I did understand it, and I did build the app, and I did launch it, and that's how I got into my career. Because, not because of my computer science degree, but because of a course that I paid ten pounds for on Udemy as a as a last ditch attempt to maybe actually save my uh, my programming life. Um, so you know, lots of people when I when I tell them, oh yeah, well I've got a computer science degree and now I'm a programmer, they're like, oh lucky you, you're like one of the only people I know who's actually used their degree in their career. It's like I I haven't really. <laughs> I I I use the mm. Udemy course. <laughs> Um, I, I yeah, I, I think that's fascinating, and I, I I really do wonder how many people who do computer science degrees actually end up using how like the majority yeah, of it. I think um, I, a lot of the people, I guess, who do things like um, electronic engineering and like who 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 design and build like processes and things, I imagine those people use their computer science degrees on a daily basis. Um, Yes, or, or like compilers yeah. and things like that, right? Like really low-level like things that require algorithms every yeah. day and, and really perform performant code. Um, like, like really, like, you know, I'm not saying that we don't write performant yeah. code, but like really, really, really performant, performant code. code. Yeah, like, and, and, and the yeah. stuff, um, we, we did a module on like formal... Um, f- formal analyses of, of computing algorithms. So it's like a mathematical way of analyzing... Ooh the efficiency of of a, of a piece of code and stuff like this um so you know I, I imagine that's that is all of that is useful in a few fields uh but mm. but for me you know that i think the most i got out of my degree and i did get a lot out of it it was it was extremely interesting and actually you know the fact that it's on my resume or my cv is has probably stood me very well um but the most I got out of it was like I dabbled enough in programming to think that maybe I could do it if I learned it properly. I probably wouldn't have tried to learn if I hadn't been made to try it, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how we started talking about that, but that's kind of my life story. Um, I do, I do mm. wonder how many, I do wonder how many uh, like front end developers and mobile developers, um, even even back end developers actually have have degrees um, in 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 computer science and, and stuff, uh, or even software engineering because you can do software engineering degrees. Um, but I I have hired a few people over the past few years. I don't remember even checking whether any of them had been to uni. Like I just don't look for that. Sort no, of stuff. I no. Ne- well, this is the thing. I 
I mean, I, I will, I, I, I will notice it. I will, I will kind of take it into account. But, but, um, university courses seem to vary so much in what they teach you, kind of for the practical side of doing this job. Um, some seem to be much more focused on giving people the real world skills to become a software developer. Uh, what we're talking about, you know, software engineering um, um, uh, degrees. But then some seem slightly maybe detached from the reality of doing this job. And it's maybe being taught by people who haven't been in the industry for quite some time, if ever, and have taught this kind of same thing. And I, I, yeah, it, it's, I, it, yeah, I do sometimes wonder what they are mm. for some of the courses at least i Um, did not learn to use git until i got my first job for example exactly i i i think i yeah but i mean you i think that with your degree that kind kind of does it make sense not really i feel that no i feel that anyone doing that course is going to end up using git right right? that's what i would have thought so why wouldn't you teach that yeah and it was it was interesting because there was an academic in my department who did have a bit of industry experience i think um and he'd like come come into the uni to to teach or whatever but but i think he was only there for like one or two years before deciding to go back into the industry i i wonder whether Mm. this has something to do with it um so, yeah, I mean, th- this is not to say anyone listening who's currently doing a computer science degree, like, don't, please don't quit. <laughs> please don't, please don't quit. No, do, do that. It's pointless. <laughs> quit immediately. Oh, Sorry, okay. no, no. I okay. don't. No, 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 no. Uh, please, please don't quit. Stick it, stick it out because it, it, it does teach you valuable skills and uh, ways of thinking about things and, and opens and, and keeps your options open for, for your career. Like, I could probably change careers fairly easily maybe based on the fact that i yes. have a computer science degree like it's it's good it, it's very good to have on your on your resume um what i would say is that i think if we do have any people listening who are thinking about doing a degree it's like they really differ right i mean i okay right i'm i'm speaking as someone who doesn't have a degree of any kind so i'm don't feel like i'm an expert in this at all but from what i have seen they re different universities teach massively different things and have massively different approaches to it and it, it, it's i think it's so important to actually look at, if you are planning to do a degree to become a software engineer as to looking at how much practical um experience they give you um and 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 if yeah yeah i feel like you know ring them up and go hello do you teach git okay yeah. no bye then um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think that's that is extremely good advice um <laughs> thank yeah. you <laughs> i'm not so sure but yeah yeah, yeah. All, all of the advice on this podcast to be taken with a large dose of salt um mm, except don't eat crumpets for breakfast just, <sighs> just that. crumpets that's... are definitely a breakfast item i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna die on that hill uh i don't know when else i would want to eat a crumpet there's always <laughs> there's always a better snack to have at every other time of day i just started thinking of a crumpet, a crumpet hill. hill a hill of crumpet uh, but just uh, what one yeah. large crumpet that is a hill or, or a hill made of no, normal no no 
A hill made of yeah, that. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's it a big does. feed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, um. Anyway, so the advice from this podcast is twofold. One, uh, look carefully at the content of the degree that you are uh, potentially applying for. Two, if you've never tried a crumpet, get yourself a crumpet. Uh, you what you want to do with a crumpet. Mm. Is because they don't they don't provide instructions for crumpets on the packaging. Uh, <laughs> can you can you get a degree? Uh, yeah, a crumpet degree. Um, oh oh my goodness! And and it, the, there might be a problem for our international listeners as well because like not everyone has toasters in around the world. Like toasters is a very British thing to have a specific machine in your kitchen just yeah. for toasting things. Oh, I mean, toaster ovens mm, maybe. Are a thing. I think. Most, I think most Finnish households have mm. a toaster. I was, I was shocked to so learn I don't that think, many but, but American households don't have kettles. Americans don't. They don't have kettles, and I think, I think, yeah, I feel like maybe they Americans don't have. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just aware that people have no idea really what no. a crumpet is. Uh, but anyway, get yourself a crumpet. Uh, I guess if you have a toaster, <laughs> you should toast it. If you don't have a toaster, maybe yes. maybe put it under the grill for a bit. That might work. I think. I think they work very yeah. well grilled. Um, yeah, you don't want it to go black. There's, there's nothing worse than a burnt crumpet. Um, Ooh, but you want it crispy, you want it crispy on the bottom though. and and on the top actually. Yeah, crispy mm. on the bottom. And then what you want to do? Mm, but there's a very fine to, line. You want to put some some butter just on top of it and let the let the butter yes. melt into the into the holes in the crumpet. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you want. Um. <laughs> You're really making yeah, me want I really a crumpet, want a crumpet and now. I can't get one. Um, I need. I, I've been meaning to learn to like how to bake them because I yeah I miss mm, them. Yes, they must be really hard to make because they have like a no? no no I don't think they are. I think I think you use like a frying pan and like fry. I, that's I, I've looked it up before oh. and and like use like a a round thing. Or like you I'm put it, you put it in like a mold. Baking. Yeah, like one of those, like you know, silver metal mm-hmm. round things for baking things. Very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, this is reminding me. I was just going to say, my homework is to try and make a crumpet. Um, I, I did give myself okay. homework last time, which was to um, check out the the co-pilot co-pilot chat is that what it's called like the the the, the co-pilot plus product that github has, has put mm. out and and i did sign up for the beta uh as soon as we finish recording that episode and i only got the invitation yesterday so i regret to inform ah. you sir, that i have neglected to complete my homework for this episode um the dog ate it please um, yes, but hopefully now, now I have access to it. Hopefully I'll, I'll get a chance to uh, to have a play around with it um, before next time. Um, but I feel like we can probably we can probably end it there. That's that's been that's been a good one. Um, uh, yes, if you do have any feedback uh, or arguments or comments or anything for us, we are both individually on Twitter. I am at Putterbrunt, and Tom is at Tom Gilder without an underscore. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought there was an underscore, but there isn't. Uh, we also have a Twitter account for the podcast. It's Flutter Twattle, 
which is spelled T-W-A-T-T-L-E. Obviously, you know that because you are listening. Uh, I just absolutely mansplained the uh, the spelling of our podcast title. Um, thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and we will be back soon. Yes, absolutely. Bye. Thank you.